Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point. I'm Alex Hersham and today I'm joined by Frederick Gomer, Managing Partner at B2G Consulting. In recent years, a succession of black swan events, including COVID-19 and Russia's war in Ukraine, has left profound marks on supply chains. Those hit hardest, the ones with poor networks and limited connections. At Zen Cargo, we talk a lot about building relationships and really believe that this is key to building resilience and success in supply chains. And who better to discuss this than Frederick? Welcome, Frederick. Would you like to give a brief background on yourself? Sure, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me. So I'm Frederick Gomer, managing partner of B2G Consulting. So we are a consulting firm specializing in uh, operational resilience. So what we do is fixing crises for mainly manufacturing companies. So typically, a vice president of a business unit or a divisional president will call us because their operating revenue will be impacted by an underperforming manufacturing plant. And in most cases, the manufacturing plant will more likely um, to be in a crisis. So the orders backlog would be growing exponentially. The inventory uh, would be up to the sky. And every day, our clients would be losing millions of dollars or euros of operating revenues. So once we recover the crisis, we start to rebuild or reconfigure, depending on the situation, uh, the operations to make sure that there won't be any situations like that uh, anytime soon. So that's what we do. Fantastic. That's super interesting. I, I think the word resilience there is a word that probably can mean many different things. Do you mind by starting explaining what you define as resilient and why it's become such a critical aspect of modern business operations? See, Alex, there's, I would say, most industrial organizations have been focusing on cost optimization, becoming lean, reducing inventories. And to some extent, those companies have managed successfully to become uh, highly cost effective. However, over the past five years, many disruptions have happened. And this is what you mentioned in your introduction. And I can mention the Suez Canal. Uh, blockage, the semiconductor shortage, uh, the Brexit uh, for those who are in, uh, in the UK or dealing with uh, uh, some UK suppliers. And I'm not even counting the natural disasters uh, such as hurricanes or flood. And lastly, uh, COVID-19. So all of that in a context where the customer's demand have become very erratic and unpredictable. So cost efficiency don't get me wrong, it's still very important. However, the cost of a disruption, the cost of not being able to deliver a customer is much worse. So a shift has happened, especially during COVID, which uh, was a major uh, global disruption as, uh, as we know. So now most companies in the industrial sector are looking at becoming resilient. So in short, resilient means being able to operate despite any disruptions. So that's uh, somehow the muscles that most organizations uh, want to build uh, right now. And when businesses are coming to you and sort of expressing their challenges, and then you're going in and you're probably saying, okay, you had these challenges, but you also have these other challenges. What, what, what are those common themes that companies face when trying to establish collaborative relationships throughout their supply chain and build resilience? So in, in my experience, that's a very good question. Trust is a challenge. So trust is the, the basis for any collaboration, especially between different organizations, such as suppliers and, uh, and customers. And because there's a, a lack of trust, 
there are other resulting challenges such as limited visibility and transparency throughout uh, the, the supply chain. So culturally, suppliers and, and customers, they work, they do work together, but they do not trust each other. Uh, and it's like, uh, you know, a marriage, it takes uh, some effort to maintain the relationship. It's about compromise uh, and trust. So just a, a quick disclaimer, I'm not a couple therapist, uh, but that's what is the main challenge. It's, it's about trust when it comes to, uh, to collaboration. I thought this call was going to go somewhere very different there, Frederick, for a moment. I was about to invite my partner into the room. But I understand that trust is important in supply chains, but also in marriages. Um, so so then, then exactly. talking about that dynamic, which you're right, which you're right, you know, it's a complicated dynamic. How, how do you work with business to sort of strike that balance between collaboration, maintaining a competitive edge, but doing it in a way where you build that trust with your either upstream or downstream so that it all works effectively? So a collaboration and competitive age are not enemies, So first of all. Uh, and I would even say on the contrary. So what I uh, always say is that you are as strong as your weakest supplier. And for example, we are currently um, supporting a, a medical equipment manufacturer to ramp up their production output. And despite the fact that we've been able to triple the capacity in a short period of time, we have the production lines stop because the main supplier is not able to supply the materials. So if you want to maintain or develop a competitive age, it's unlikely that you can do it without the support of your main supplier, which means uh, developing a robust, resilient supply chain with him, co-designing products, solving uh, challenges together, both technical and operational issues. That's in, in my uh, experience, uh, what works uh, best. And practically, it means sitting down with your supplier, uh, being honest and transparent in terms of the challenges that you are facing internally and also the challenges that your supplier is, uh, is facing internally and how you can work together to make sure that this partnership, because in the end, it, it's a partnership, it's not just a transactional uh, operation, works best uh, in the end. I can imagine quite a few companies listening to this and saying, okay, Frederick, this makes sense. I, I get it. In business in general, trust, high-performing relationships, being transparent tends to make sense. But if you're a company also that, that has to be very cost-competitive, I understand that having tighter, more collaborative relationships with your suppliers probably means that you'll have an edge in the market and you'll be able to move faster. But do companies also worry that over time, if they become too interconnected with a certain supplier or a certain set of suppliers, that, that then leaves them quite exposed, both in terms of residual risk in the supply chain, but also exposed to price increases? Or is that not really how it plays out? It's a risk, potentially. The truth is that you, you may think that being in a relationship, back to this analogy of, of a marriage, is, uh, can... Uh, block you, prevent you of, of progressing. And it's true if it's a toxic marriage. But if it's a, a marriage which is uh, going well, it will, on the opposite, give you the space of mind to be yourself, uh, feel uh, yourself, and and then be on top of what you, uh, you, you can do as a human being. And uh, in uh, back to the uh, industrial world is exactly the same thing. If it's a healthy relationship with your supplier, it will actually help you to go further, to reach a level of performance that you may not be able to uh, 
to reach on your own. And uh, it, it won't be a, a bottleneck or an issue. It becomes a bottleneck when you are not working with your supplier, when there's no collaboration, and when typically uh, you are dragging your suppliers with you because you can't, you think you can't do with, without them. So having said that, that's when you work uh, with your supplier and when you develop your supplier on the other side, there's also always a, a chance to mitigate the risk. What does it mean? It means that you should also have other options, which means that you may not put all your eggs in the same basket and have most probably for a given product line, a fair share for a supplier A and a smaller uh, share for the supplier B. In this case, you still keep this competition uh, in between. And uh, whenever there's an issue, you may have a, a backup plan. I guess when you collaborate and you work together on building or iterating, I guess the question of IP ownership also becomes an important question or, or is that less of an important question? It becomes, I would say, beyond the technology, what the, the issue is beyond the, the IP, because there's actually no shortage of tools in the market today uh, when it comes to collaborations or, or visibility. The challenge is about choosing which tool is the right one for, for your requirements. And the second challenge is integrating uh, two organizations on the same platform and sharing information. So we are back to the to square one on the, on, on the trust. And this can only happen uh, if there's an established uh, trust. So it's not even about the technology itself and uh, who owns the IP. It's really about uh, making sure that those two companies, and sometimes uh, if we talk about uh, platforms such as blockchains, where you can have multiple suppliers collaborating uh, all together with uh, with a company uh, is to make sure that they can they can collaborate together they can share information uh, within the, the these platforms and, and some companies manage to actually uh, implement it successfully so, such as Walmart, uh, IBM or Maersk for example they they created such platform and they have uh, um, sometimes hundreds of suppliers to manage under one uh, one roof. You spoke a bit there about technology towards the end obviously it started with ip but then moved a little bit sort of how how you can manage that what, what is the you know th there's obviously a very human element in building trust and building high performing relationships with you know across your sort of supply chain uh, what's the role of technology in this and in your experience what what sort of things have you tried to implement you don't have to name names what type of technology have you tried to implement to help improve your customer supply chains so uh, technology is uh, the human aspects are already mentioned it and once you you pass that and uh, you are willing to work with your supplier and your supplier is willing to to share information with your organization then uh, there are um, i would say digital platforms which allows you uh, to collaborate to manage your transactions which can be uh, basic transactions uh, POs open POs uh, but also reconciliation of, uh, of invoicing, uh, invoices, for example, or, or just collaborating, sending message when uh, escalating issues, for example. So those tools are um, actually very helpful uh, when it comes to, uh, to, to have two organizations, and sometimes it's more than just two organizations, to work together and collaborate uh, together. And when you think about measuring and tracking success, so sort of one thing coming in doing a project and setting it up for success, what KPIs do you then put in place or how do you sort of build best practice so that 
you know, your, your client is happy on a multi-year basis rather than just for a sprint of six months. Yeah, you can always, uh, you know, build um, a very complex and sophisticated KPIs to measure the uh, the success of uh, of such implementation. But I would say what is important is uh, two aspects. One is how long it takes you to bounce back uh, in the face of any disruption. Uh, is that in days? Is that in weeks? Is that in months? And obviously, uh, the shorter the best. Second is how much uh, does a disruption uh, cost you to recover? So once you have in the end those two uh, metrics, indicators, clear, it's when you can measure how successful uh, the tool that you have implemented, the relationship that you have built with your suppliers are, are successful. And then lastly, as you think, as you think sort of looking forward and the trends that we're going to see, and in particular, the technology trends that can enhance the power of collaboration through supply chains, what are some things that you see? What are some things that you're excited about? So I think the most promising and uh, yet underutilized uh, uh, tool is, is uh, the blockchain uh, concept, or I would not even call it blockchain, uh, but supply chain platforms where suppliers, customers can collaborate together and having the, um, you know, the end-to-end visibility that they need in a trusted environment where the rules are clear uh, with reliable uh, data, which is today as well, the quality of data is, uh, is a challenge in, uh, in most organizations. Uh, second is data visualization. There's a huge amount of data uh, available in most companies, but they are enable uh, to leverage the insights that those data uh, can provide. And this will come with add some advanced uh, data analytics and uh, visualization tools uh, as well. Uh, lastly, and uh, probably the, the most disruptive one is AI, artificial intelligence. We all have heard uh, of uh, ChatGPT. Uh, the opportunity for me is to have intelligent bots to run and optimize complex uh, supply chains. And also, uh, back to the second point, to make sense of, uh, of all the massive uh, data that uh, we have in every organization. Well, I guess that intelligent bot is going to have to be intelligent and, and drive all the right things, but also drive collaboration. So it's going to have to be very human-like, which I'm sure it will be um, and already is and will continue to be. Listen, uh, Frederick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that was really interesting. I really enjoy and appreciate the, the learnings of building collaborative relationships, leaning into supplier relationships, having strong KPIs to manage those relationships, and then layering on technology today to manage those flows and tomorrow sort of drive more efficiency in those flows, especially leveraging AI. I hope you you enjoyed it too. And thank you everyone for, for joining us on another episode of Freight to the Point. Don't forget to um, like or subscribe. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts. And if you have any other questions for myself or for Frederick, please reach out on LinkedIn to either of us. Thank you very much. And thank you very much once again, Frederick.